Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode uh, 274, I am very lucky, privileged to have Jen Franks. Uh, Franks. Ah. Uh, Um, no, no, I've lost it. <laughs> the podcast was going so well. I've lost it. Uh, you want to phone a friend? You I, phone I a friend? was going to French. Look, I was going to go into, she's the CEO of the course creation guide. Like, yeah, I was going to like give it a whole big speech. I was going to like, like, like fanfare, fireworks and like, yeah, marching band was going to, I'm not, well, maybe not the marching band, but yeah. Jen, like, yes, tell the lovely people what your last name is, please, because <laughs> sure. I am embarrassed myself right now. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're all good. You're all good. It's Aha Go To. Jen Frank's Aha Go To. Yeah, you see, it was in my head. I've listened. You know, <laughs> know this. This is the thing. I've listened to other podcasts where they've said your name. And I was like, okay, right. Yeah, it's got it. It's like, right. I, was like, I asked you before we started. I was like, okay, right. Yeah, I got it. Right. And then I started to speak. I was like, no, no. It was like, no, no. It was like, you know what? It's funny though, because my last name used to be Franks. It's my middle name now. So I understand. I understand. It's like the kind of name where you learn it, but you have to keep relearning it. Like I have learned this name probably a hundred times. Okay. So I understand. I understand. <laughs> no, I have to say, yeah, well, thank you for your forgiveness uh, of like mm, the butchery of your last name. But like, yeah. I have to say, look, you, my lady, how can I put it? You have been slightly educated in the world. Like, yeah, with a background from Harvard <laughs> to, yeah, Pennsylvania, Penn State, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, university. Like, yeah, what put you, like, what took you from there and sort of administration to where you are today as a CEO. No, because like, come on now, <laughs> that is <laughs> a hell of a jump, hefty jump from, well, at Harvard, you were studying art of all things. Uh, yeah, history actually, history at Harvard. Yeah. Um, yes, you know, listen, at 18 years old, go into college and you're a kid, you know, and, and literally you come out of, at, out of college and you're still a kid. <laughs> and in many ways, I still feel like a kid, you know, but um, I think that, oh gosh, how did it all go? I mean, <sighs> there are so many different things that happened along the way that I wouldn't necessarily have expected when I first went to school. So, mm. so yeah, so I went to Harvard, uh, let's see, two, uh, let's see, two, um, 1998, right? Um, and I went in and I studied history, medieval history, okay, of all things. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea okay. why, you know, what drew me to that. I mean, I have some idea, but, um, um, it wasn't necessarily the most practical thing that I could ever study, but I was all about learning for the sake of learning. And I did, I had an amazing time there and really grew in terms of how I thought and how I saw the world, um, which I think was the most important, aside from the relationships that I made, um, mm -hmm. one of the most important things that happened there. Um, and then from there, when I graduated, I decided that it, that it was time to live abroad. So I went and actually lived in Spain for a year because... 
listen, I listen, I do what I want. <laughs> That's the best thing I can tell you. I do what I want. If I want to study medieval history, I study medieval history. If I want to go to Spain, I go to Spain. Like I just I do what I want. I follow my heart. Uh, um embrace the spirit of a honey badger. <laughs> in in a sense, in a sense, you know, I I I I follow my path. And whatever, you know, if, if if that path leads me um, in one direction, then that's where I go. Mm -hmm. So spent some time in Spain, spent a year there um, doing a lot of, I stayed with a family. Okay. So I stayed with a family. I taught English and I partied a lot. And then when I came back, I knew Spanish. And so I started teaching. I was actually a dual language teacher in New York City. I taught um, in English and Spanish. And so you kind of see how the flow goes there. Mm. Um, and then was in education for a long time, for 15 years, various different roles and positions and such. Um, and then felt like I didn't want to be in the system anymore and knew that I wanted to do something on my own. And so started with um, course creation, which was a nice marriage of education. Mm -hmm. And then marketing, which I did not realize was such a huge part of owning your own business. Like many of us who go into business are like, I'm really good at this thing. Um, but I also have to be able to market myself. So, you know, learned about how to do that along the way. And, um, and yeah, built a new, built a new path for myself. Wow. Like, I must ask, look, look going to Harvard doing medieval studies, now that is, okay, let, let's just say, okay, Harvard, yeah, that Bush League school, uh, yeah, in the United States, no one important or like if famous has come out of there, yeah, like to like to put it like, it shows a level of drive for one thing to get to there, like to then do medieval studies. So have you, like what, has been that drive what's that been that thing which is sort of ignited you uh from a very young age to like all right i'm going to harvard uh but like you know what we can get to the medieval studies in a moment <laughs> yeah. sure you know they used to call me 13 going on 30 <laughs> because i was a serious child i was a serious child um and i had fun too you know i had tons of um tons of stories about fun things that I did in my childhood. But I also had a really serious uh, side. I've always been serious. Eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we can get into whatever you want to get into. I, but I will say that uh, that I, I definitely had a serious side. I was very driven. And I... Yeah, I just wanted... You know, it's, it's funny because I'm trying to think of why did I choose Harvard or did like I didn't always assume that I would go or anything like that but I did I love to learn I um, was definitely a driven kid and Harvard's an amazing school so I applied you know like it was <laughs> it was pretty much that simple and um, yeah it was it was one of the best experiences that I've had in my life for sure not just not just the academic side right but the community the what I learned there. So I, you know, I, most of my best friends are from there. I met my husband there. Um, and yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience in terms of learning how to think and, um, and learning what else is possible. You know, there'd be other students. So for example, some, 
students would during some of our breaks would go off and say, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to go to London over the winter recess. And I was like, oh, you can, you can do that. Like you can just, <laughs> you could just go to London over winter break. Like, oh yeah, there are these discounts on flights and this, that, and the other. Like, and so it was just being around people who, you know, would do stuff like that. Then I was like, okay, I can do that too. Why not? Yeah, no, that's an important thing because I think we always, like, uh, people fail to often realize, you know, the company you keep sometimes, like, can broaden your outlook because there's too many times where you kind of, like, go, yeah, this is my world. And you're like, oh, right, it's nice. It's orderly. It's orderly. Everything's in place. And there is nothing more out there for me. Then you meet people outside of that world and go, wait, yeah, but you've got this option, you've got that option. There's a many, there's an array of options. And like to like, a, oh, wow. To like, oh, there's a bigger world out there and it might not yeah. be as orderly as it, as it is right now, but my God, it's exciting out there. <laughs> yeah. Your imagination, I feel like is your best tool. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. And I've never like orderly. So it's funny because I was very serious and sort of directed as a child. And I've just become more and more immature <laughs> as time goes on. <laughs> immature and open and flowy, and, you know, uh, like uh, I've like, gone like Benjamin Button on it. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so and and it's amazing. And it's amazing. And so, yeah, so I really feel like if you don't see things then you don't know that they exist really if you don't hear about them they're not in your world like how are you supposed to know that you could do this that or the other thing and so um yeah I do feel like that's another thread of my journey of things that might not seem very um connected which is constantly challenging myself to grow and to be in the company of different people who are different from myself Mm. and to continue to push and grow and just you know plop down and and um in an unusual setting and then just see what the hell happens yeah um i might be jumping to a couple of assumptions when i say this but i can imagine when you went over to spain that was like a sort of huge like growth and like yeah different perspective i can imagine your perspective from going from high school to like university to then to Spain must have been like quite an epic jump and when you sort of got into just working the nine to five like mm -hmm. I can imagine that might have been one hell of a, contr a contraction rather than mm -hmm. expansion yeah oh that's interesting because I've never thought about it that way but <laughs> I think there's some truth to that I think there's some truth to that um, yeah, so when I came back from Spain, I went to New York City. So, so I, I grew up out of, outside of New York City. I grew up in Westchester County. Both of my parents were from New York. So I grew up in the New York area and then just knew I wanted to hang out in New York and, and start my career there. And then I had a ton of friends who were in New York. So basically, every, it felt like everybody was in New York. And I came back from Spain. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to New York. And I always planned that. Um, but now there's like tons of activity and action and all that great stuff. So it was like the place to be. 
And, um, and yeah, and so what I did, I started, I went to graduate school. So that was the first thing that I did. I went to graduate school for education. Um, and actually the first place that I lived was this place called International House. Um, so it was like an inter, a dorm that was near my school that was an international, that had people coming from all different parts of the world to study in New York. And they were able to stay there. It was like, you know, um, affordable housing basically. So even though I came back to New York, I was starting to sort of settle in. I was still like, oh, no, 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 I need to be around different kinds of people. Um, and so, right. So I went through, did my studies and then settled in because I, I I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher, at least at the time. Mm. That was my thing. I didn't know that I was going to be teaching in Spanish or teaching kids learning Spanish. But my mom was a teacher. My father was a teacher. So I come from a long line of educators. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny because your first year of doing a lot of things, I think it's pretty chaotic, but definitely teaching where, you know, you're in a room. I, I taught second grade, so I'm in a room of seven year olds, which at, on one hand you think, well, you know, they're, they're children. Right. But it's like tr like trying to corral a group of like 18 kids can be very, very humbling <laughs> and also <laughs> and also very challenging, especially when you're first getting started. So I feel like that year was just so chaotic. Like I was working really long hours, trying to figure things out. Like I didn't even have a chance to be bored at all, at all. Uh, but I did, however, get bored in like year two and three. Like I definitely, <laughs> by the time I, I was in the city for three years, um, and and then my husband and I moved out to where we are now. And by usually by like year two, I'm like, OK, I got this down. And by year three, I'm kind of looking around for what other things that I can do. That's that's definitely a pattern. Mm, no, I know that humbling feeling. Mm -hmm. like basically, um, in New York, uh, you, you may have heard of the organization. You may not have. Uh, have you heard of the Fresh Air Fund? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was a camp counselor slash village leader, uh, upstate New York, uh, Fishkill, just uh, below. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. Wow. Yeah, so I was in uh, Camp Hayden Marks, as it was called then. Uh, like, basically, uh, Fresh Air Fund got a little bit corporate uh, over the course of time. Uh, like, yeah, Pioneer became Camp Tommy. Uh, yeah, there was Camp Mariah across the lake and stuff like this. Yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> yes. By the one and only Mariah Carey. Uh, yep. Yeah, and I can tell you this: wrangling any group of kids, especially ones which are how can I put it, not in the not in the fair game of wanting to listen to you, uh, is always good fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love. Gosh, I actually really miss working with kids. Yeah. Uh, but this is the thing. Like, do you miss work working with kids? <laughs> or, like, no, I have to ask this because the reason why I say that it's like it's one of those things where yeah, oh, I I remember. Is it you got the sort of rose tinted glasses <laughs> on, and like soon as you're like there, two weeks later you're going, what the hell have I done? Like, <laughs> why did I go back to this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that question. You know, it, I did have a moment. I remember, so I have two kids of my own, a 13-year-old yeah. and a 10-year-old girl, <clears throat> both girls. And I do remember early on 
um, in their lives, realizing that I basically spent all of my waking hours with children and not liking that decision. <laughs> Being like, how did I, you know, like all day long I'm with young kids and I've always worked with elementary school and, and pre-K, like the, the little ones. Mm. And then I come home and it's a same, you know, like wrangling my own kids. <laughs> And, you know, I would maybe have a few words with my husband and then we're, you know, we're both kind of trying to just survive. <laughs> so I will say that arrangement, I really was starved for adult conversation. So I definitely love working with kids, but I would not want to have it 24-7 again. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> There's nuance to it. There's nuance to it. Yes. Wait a second. But I do. Kids are a lot of fun, though. They really are. Adults can be too. They're not. We're actually not that different. Kids and adults are really not that different. Well, like this is the whole thing. Uh, the difference between kids and adults is how can I put it? Adults understand sometimes the consequences of their honesty. <laughs> Kids mm. don't give a damn. <laughs> the <their> consequences <laughs> of their honesty. They will say it out and they'll say it to your face. And like, yeah, that the worst thing is when it does hit home a little bit too close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can learn a lot about yourself by working with kids. Mm. Yes, I go. Oh. <laughs> yes, I go. Okay. But <laughs> So would you say now, because wait, with regards to like your working life, getting sort of like, okay, you get into it, it's fresh, it's new. You're like, you you start to get your feet on the ground and like you, you're getting to know the game, what's going on. And once you've got that game down, you're like, oh, you know what? I've completed this level. <laughs> and like, it's like, oh no, well, that's all the levels there is. Like, it strikes me as like if you're not being challenged in some way that you're not going to be happy in any way uh would I be right in saying that and that's why you started yeah. your business absolutely absolutely um yeah I I crave challenge I crave challenge I actually crave ambiguity which is <laughs> Um, maybe a funny thing to say, because, you know, I remember um, being in interviews and there would always be this interview question around, you know, handling ambiguity. Right. So I remember being asked that. I remember asking that as an interviewer, like, you know, how do you handle ambiguous situations? Some, something along those. That's kind of an ambiguous question, <laughs> to be honest. But it was something along those lines. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember having a light bulb moment one time when. I was discussing this with somebody and I said, you know what? I actually, I like ambiguity. I need ambiguity. Like, I don't like to be told what to do. I don't like for everything to be like listed out and I'm just checking all boxes. Um, I find that really just dull and I'm not going to stay in a situation. So whenever things, whenever if I'm in a situation, in a role where it starts to feel like there, I'm not getting challenged enough, mm -hmm. then I need for something to change, right? For the role to change, for how I approach it, or something has to change. Um, and so 
kind of along that continuum. So, so when I moved out of New York, moved out, out to the Pennsylvania area for my husband's job, moved around a little bit. I kind of didn't quite find my own footing um, here and um, eventually went back to New York to work. And, um, and then after that started, started my own, uh, my own business. But I would say that, yeah, I knew that I needed, I knew that I wanted to build something of my own. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to do something different from what I had done before. Um, Just to backtrack a little bit, the job that I, the last job that I had was kind of an entrepreneurial situation, right? So it was working in New York City. It was working at central offices, right? So out of the classroom to like that larger systems level where there's a million plus children in the New York City school system. It's the biggest school system in the country. Yeah. And I'm working on this project, um, $6 million budget to help 250 schools a year to, to on their... Uh, trying to use words that aren't like educational buzzwords. So basically helping them to improve, so school improvement, but helping them to to work together in order to improve, right? As opposed to working in silos by themselves. Yeah. Um, so it was this massive project and we were just, there were, you know, new chancellor came into the, the school system and said, okay, you know, we are no longer about competition, we are about collaboration and, you guys are going to come up with, (laughs) you know, I have an idea about what this program is like, and you all are going to put it into practice. So it was very, you know, it was very free and was very open. And I, you know, along with the other folks on the team created this program from scratch. And um, so that was a really important experience. And that was very expansive. But even that after a while felt like I needed to I need to really go out on my own. Uh, because when you say $6 million, 250 scores, okay, $6 million is a lot of money. But when you split it 250 ways, and then basically you split it by whatever number of kids that goes down to, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a big project, don't get me wrong, but it's still, true, true. it's not a lot of money. But, interesting because yeah when you're going into a system like that and like well be thankful uh grateful that you had this sort of autonomy to have that sort of degree of flexibility because the as soon as i hear that it's just like the bureaucracy will be to god knows what level but like for as i say six million dollars it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money. But the way it would be monitored and, ch- and checked, it's like it's 10 times that amount of money. <laughs> if you right, get- right. It's not corporate 6,000. It's education 6,000. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it was a lot of money. Like it was a major program in New York. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and we actually really had to fight for that money too in order for us to to move forward with with the program and really be able to make make an impact mm. um but yeah but it's not corporate six thousand you know and corporate i'm sure we would have gotten a, a lot more <laughs> a lot more than that right for for an initiative but anyway um yeah but it was um it there was a lot of bureaucracy and here's the here's the thing so the chancellor of schools was the one who supported this project it was like her signature program when it first came out 
And so, you know, when you are right, right at the seat of, um, you know, politics and education in the biggest school system in the country, like the red, this like red tape for red tape for red tape, right? And all of these different um, influences and lots of people wanting to, you know, um, have their, their opinions about it, differing opinions. And, you know, we got knocked around this way and that in terms of, okay, we're going to do it this way. And then, it, you know, it's got to be restructured like this. And we got to partner with that person. And so it was, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. Um, and again, I do like that ambiguity. And I do like that creativity. And we had to be very, very creative about getting money, um, making sure that the program had enough money in, you know, how we structured things and I mean, you know, all of it. But yeah, but we were also quite restricted um, and at the whim of um, of people who are not implementing the program. Yeah, yeah. like this is the, re the reason why I asked this, because look, you go from that and now there is a juxtaposition where, okay, you've got these restrictions in place and now starting your own business, starting your own company, everything like this, the restrictions are no longer in play. How, like, how did you manage to sort of like, well, put like some form of discipline on yourself with regards to having no restrictions at all coming from an environment where you had freedom, but not quite. How did yeah. you manage that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the hardest parts about entrepreneurship, to mm -hmm. be honest. You know, we grew up, many of us, right, grow up in a situation where somebody is telling us what to do, yes. and then we do it, and then they tell us if we did a good job or not, and then that opens up other opportunities or doesn't, right? And you're doing that all along. You know, I was an excellent student, you know, excellent student, right? So I did, you know, had my teachers tell me this is what you need to do did that and then you know i was sort of invited into other rooms and other spaces and other opportunities and um and that was my paradigm right but then when you go into entrepreneurship mm. it's just you <laughs> like yeah. literally it's just you and not just that it's like you fighting for attention and uh, like i mean and you're doing everything and this is the thing so i know quite a few people who are entrepreneurs um and there are so many stories of people who are very good at whatever their domain is right so mine was education and teaching and so online courses was a very natural thing for me to to help people with but then you because you need to do everything I think a lot of people don't really understand, you know, things like you're going to spend 90% of your time on marketing. So you better get real excited about that <laughs> and really, um, you know, in tune to that. And you're going to need to know how, like, you're just, I, I felt in the beginning stages, I was learning like 10 new things mm. every single day. And it was, it was hard. It's still hard. It's still hard. Um, but I think that, I guess I think about it this way. I knew, I always knew that I needed something of my own. And it's like, 
in order to have that, there are things that I need to do and things that I need to learn. And, um, and that it's really, it's worth the freedom is really what it is. And then also, you know, you can, I try to find, I try to find a way to do things in a way that feels joyful to me, right? So your marketing, listen, there's lots of different ways to market and types of marketing. Um, and so the more that I learned, the more I said, okay, I don't want to do that. I want to do it this way, right? So I think that the more that you learn about those things, the more that you realize everything works and everything doesn't work and that you can really choose the way that you want to run your business. But yeah, man, listen, I feel like I could go on and on and on about that one. <laughs> There's a lot about running a business that um, that I've learned over the years. Yeah, no, but this is the whole thing. Like it kind of like when people go, I want to start my own business, it kind of ties back into sort of education. Uh, look, education teaches and gives a structure to like be like, yes, you're told to do this all the way up to like for you guys, like, for us, senior school, you guys, high school, and then in university, college for you guys, it's like, that's when they go, okay, we now want to teach you to be kind of a free thinker, but it's a case of you're given that sort of free thinker, like education structure, but it doesn't actually give you that sort of like, okay, how can I apply structure onto many sort of different things and how can I make a priority of like adapting a new skill set because it's just like yes re like university research paper produce paper and away you go but it's not like yes okay you research you kind of have like come up with a plan or something like this you then implement that plan to get x y and z back and then at the end of the day you have account spreadsheet telling you how well you've done doesn't work like that and i think that's where many people like don't understand they have not been trained to like start up a business and like to get that mindset might be the greatest battle of all rather than sort of implementing or putting anything into practice yeah yeah i completely agree um mindset so what did I, I said marketing is 90 percent. maybe mindset you know mindset is 90 percent. that's my new my new thing um but honestly that's <laughs> that's the big yeah yeah that's that's a very very important and that's um yeah you really need to be in you need to believe in yourself before there's any proof Right. So if we have this paradigm where you let's say you're writing a paper, you give it in, you get whatever your grade is, say you get an A on it, that's the your proof, right? Yeah. That you're doing a good job. Um, but with um, you know, with entrepreneurship, like in order to actually sell something, you have to believe in it before you've actually sold anything. Right. And then you get proof over time because people, you know, you get feedback in all of these different ways um, in terms of people being interested, people purchasing. And, um, you know, there are all these different strategies. My, I used to teach a strategy around pre-selling your course. Right. So you 
sell based on the idea of what your course is about before you've created it, right? And and marketers will tell you this over and over again in different for different products. Um, but even still, you've got to be able to say you've got to believe it. You've got to understand what it is and feel so strongly about it that you put that out into the marketplace. And um, and that you know it's funny. I talked to some of my entrepreneurial friends. One of them talks about like you have to have be a little bit delusional actually <laughs> to feel like this is gonna work and I'm gonna back this a hundred and ten percent before having proof that it's gonna that it's actually gonna work out for you. So it's very interesting. So psychologically, I think it's very interesting being an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh- I also think the start is very important when like when you start that position in life, because look, you have a like 13 year old and a 10 year old. Like how long have you been in business now? A couple years, three years, uh, three years. OK, no, if I if I came to you uh, like, yes, like with a three year old and a three week year old like child at hand, I went, hey. You got to start a business. You you look at me and go, <laughs> you're, you're crazy. Get away from me. <laughs> you're not going to change one of these kids or feed one of these kids. Keep the hell away from me. But it, like when you did start like a couple of years ago, what was the thing like why like why was that the right time in your mind to start mm. yeah you know before i actually started i did quite a bit of research and learning mm. right so i was you know i had my job and things were going well but i knew again i had this like feeling that i was meant to do more i was meant to do something on my own yeah. So I started to explore different ideas. And, you know, in the very beginning, because what I knew was, um, you know, things like Airbnb, things like Rent the Runway, like um, things where you were creating some kind of a product for people, right, or a platform or something like that. I thought, okay, let me find out more about that. So I was sort of exploring those kinds of businesses. And then through that, I can't remember the point at which I really discovered this, but I remember, you know, kind of broadly learning about entrepreneurship and then finding out that you can sell your expertise mm-hmm. and that with that, you you know, there's no overhead. There's no, it's just, you can sell um, what you know. And I was like, all right, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because I've always been a, you know, very intellectual person. Yes. Um, a teacher, perfect. So basically I can teach online, great. So, you know, so so it took some time before I actually did that. And then after that, I joined a marketing coaching program, right? So I, again, started sort of, sort of dipping my toe into the online marketing waters and like learning about more, learning more about different entrepreneurs who were selling their expertise and then eventually came on a program that, you know, helped people to learn how to do that. And I worked within that program for a number of months before before I actually brought on my first customers in the summer of 2019. 
Um, so, so yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerdy intellectual type. Like I got to do my research. I got to learn some things <laughs> before jumping in. Um, but I will say a big catalyst for me, um, to leave, like when I finally left my job was because of some more red tape things, right. That I, I, at that point I was working part-time at my job. And it worked perfectly for me, but then I no longer had that option anymore because it was a shift in the chancellor and a shift in, you know, the bureaucracy strikes again. Yes. <laughs> and I no longer had that arrangement anymore. And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to to take this entrepreneurship, take the business full time at that point. Um, I probably would not have done that if, you know, the circumstances weren't what they were, but but yeah, I'm all about the research. Do your research, learn, um, hold on to that. That's my, you know, unsolicited advice <laughs> is uh, hold on to that job. Get yourself in a rhythm because it takes a while, really. Or it, it often takes a while to really start getting some momentum um, in your business. Mm, yeah, I think that's one of the things people don't realize. Like, it's like, okay, if you start in the business, it's really a sprint and if you like if you do get into a sprinting game you need to sometimes take that heat out because you not putting structures in place which will aid you you're like just going okay it's oh it's it's a fantastic day look look at all this money coming in everything's great everything's that everything's this and before you know it the little secret well not secret charges the small little charges which put those fault lines into any business uh start creeping up uh and yeah without that sort of like not organization but structures in place to make their business grow the right way how would you say like have you done that yourself or is it something you've learned or have you been like telling people yeah it's fine to have the course but you need to have a certain degree of structure hmm. yeah you know it was interesting with the courses because what i found is that I attracted a lot of new entrepreneurs, right? Like I feel like new entrepreneurs, there's a lot of new entrepreneurs out there, right? Um, and so I attracted a lot of those folks. And what I found was that the court, you know, they had an idea about what they wanted to teach for their course, mm -hmm. but they needed a lot of background in all of the things that we're talking about, right? Like Essentially, I was helping them. I was not just helping them create a course. I was helping them to build a business through creating that course, right? To build a business online. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it was really, once I realized that that's what people really needed, then it was like, you start, you're really starting from scratch, right? Like, what is it that you want to um, put out into the marketplace? How can you find people who are interested in that? How can you, you know, use organic marketing techniques in order to do that? Um, and really helping people simplify their systems yeah. and thinking about, okay, what is it that I want to teach? Don't create it yet. Just figure out what it is. Be really clear what it is. Then go out and find people who are interested, already interested in that topic, which you can do online. Um, you know, I was helping people through Facebook and Facebook groups specifically, and then start networking with those people and then make offers. 
And that's really all that a business is, especially in the beginning, right? It's like, what are you, what are you putting out there? You need to connect with people who are interested in that. And then, you know, you're providing value and making offers. And people can really complicate that with trying to think about system, you know, what are all my systems and what I need to do? And like, and there are so many people out there teaching different techniques and I was really successful. And I had this, you know, I had this person who made a million dollars in five minutes and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Like we've all heard (laughs) those marketing promises. And really it's just those, you know, it's just really just very basic. Um, And so I found, I really simplified the way that I worked and then helped people to simplify the way that they thought about things to help them be successful from the beginning. Mm. But it's still challenging. Even within that, it's still challenging. I can imagine. Uh, Like the impish part of me is like, uh, yeah, you must have, in your time, there must have been at least one or two people which have come up to you with their business idea and you're like going, oh God, why? (laughs) It's like... (laughs) interesting <laughs> well you know <clears throat> one of the things that i love about the internet is that you can find your tribe you know like i really do believe that for most things that people want to share or serve others with there's a place for it um but i also think that it's you know it's important to think about how like you you want to get into the mind of the uh, of your market, right? So it might be the way that you're saying it isn't the way that's resonating with them, right? Or maybe that you think that your ideal person is this and when it's really something else. So there's a lot of things to figure out. That, so I guess what I'm saying is that it's not necessarily that any idea is necessarily a bad idea, but how you bring it to market, I think that's the more challenging part. Oh, Jen, you're a skilled diplomat. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Much. <laughs> like, I am. Oh, like That's why can, I'm so good at what I do. Oh, it was like you like dodging like Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know what? No, I'm not, no, not no, dodging though. Not no, dodging. No, it's truly. just like you're, like you know you know how to put a skillful answer on the table. Like, that's how I'm putting it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But that's what I believe, though. That's what I believe. I've seen people who sell all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I you know? Imagine. Yeah. And so. like, the thing, we live in a lucky time. Um, I would say one of the greatest ages where, yeah, there are certain things you can, like lots of businesses which are out there, which people can start up part-time, where back if this was, oh, let's go back, say, 25 years ago. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't, like, you couldn't do it part-time you needed to either go all in and like see where everything and like hope for the best and trying to reach uh any group of people would cost a small fortune uh to getting out there you know yeah we definitely have so much access these days that mm-hmm. and you know that I, I one of the things that i love about that is that it's allowed different kinds of people to be really successful, um, you know, because there aren't so many gatekeepers, right? So if you think about like, you know, a place like Harvard, for example, or higher education, there's been, there's a lot of gatekeepers there. And it's been (laughs) traditionally hard for certain types of people and things are changing, which is wonderful. 
But, you know, there's a lot of gatekeepers around higher education, gatekeepers around, um, you know, corporate and in and lo lots of different places. But the Internet allows. So when I think of, for myself, for example, as a black woman, um, it allows me to find other black women who I'd like to work with um, on various different things um, that in other at other times and in other spaces would have been hard for me to find. Mm. Um, so I love that about the internet. All right. So with regards to like yourself, getting your word out there, what have you been using? Because you've mentioned marketing uh, on more than one occasion uh, during our conversation. How have you been getting that marketing word out there? You mentioned Facebook groups briefly. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So for online courses, Facebook, it, Facebook was the platform that I used. So I really like the idea of using one platform, really going hard in one place, as opposed to trying to be all over the place, especially, again, especially when you're starting out. Mm. So when I was starting out, I was just all about Facebook. I did not bother with any of the other platforms. I knew that's where my people were. And that's, you know, this, the strategy that I used. And, um, and that worked very well. That worked very well. And I think, so what I would do is I would, you know, go into different Facebook groups and network with people within there mm -hmm. and then bring them on, you know, friend them. And then I work mostly off of my profile. Now I know you're not allowed to sell off of your profile, but you know, obviously you can talk about your business and things like that. Um, and so then I would get people into calls and close people on calls from there, um, which, which worked. Now I'm doing less of that. So I've really changed my avatar recently. Um, I'm not working as much with people who are new to entrepreneurship. I'm working more with people who are more established in, you know, in terms of their, their businesses. Mm -hmm. And so now I do a lot more, I actually do a lot more kind of old school marketing where it's through word of mouth, where it's through connections, where it's through conversations. I actually went to an in-person networking session a couple of days ago and ah. it was fabulous. And I already, you know, I've got a bunch of people that I'm talking to and so-and-so is connecting me to that person. And so I've actually most recently been doing more of that kind of marketing because I'm doing larger packages um, and so I need fewer of them so I can really focus on building relationships as opposed to kind of more mass marketing online. Um, and like I said, you know, everything works and everything doesn't work. So again, you, I, I think more unsolicited advice is that, you know, you've got to decide what it is that you want to do and how you want to market. And it will probably, um, evolve over time. But that's that's what things look like for me and what they look like now. Interesting. I like that. I like that a lot because like this is the thing. One of the, I I all like, I have worked in I have worked in a number of different places, like from yeah, camp counselors, retail, and um, basically today, modern day. Yeah, in like sales, like telephone sales and everything like this. But like the, one of the things I would simply say is when you meet someone face to face, when they can actually see you and like have that sort of like interpersonal connection, 
in the same room or in the same place. It works so much better than I think any other medium uh, you can imagine. Like, look, ideally, like what I'm doing right now with the podcast, I would love to have a proper studio place and like, yeah, get people in, sit them down and have that conversation because this is this is great, but there's an element which is always missing from like a connection over a line. Uh, you'll never kind of, like, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I don't think anyone can truly say what that is, but that personal connection when you meet someone face to face, there is something special. It, there's a like missing. There's an ingredient which is there in no other form of communication. Yeah. So you're so you're inviting me over, right? Is that hey. what I'm hearing? Is hey, that that's, that's what's happening? Uh, if you want to come <laughs> over to the UK, like if you want to do that, have a podcast <laughs> person. By all means, look, I have no budget to pay for a ticket for you. You have to do that yourself. But yeah, come over. Do some sightseeing in London. I like, yeah, and then you can come up, yeah, to the middle of the country. Yeah, you can do it in person next time. Yeah. Absolutely. But I totally agree with you though. I really, I really agree. And um, you know, again, you you've got to make that decision for yourself, right? Like how you want to handle things. And I've seen lots of different things work, but I will tell you, I am here for the in-person or even, you know, on Zoom, if that's what it's got to be. But the conversation, the face to face, um, you know, the referrals is very, very powerful. Yeah, because the reason why I've like I'm there's that's on my mind, because right now and like this, if you listen to all the news reports and everything like this, we are on the verge of. Uh, let's just say an economic recession or like something, a downturn. And I think with a lot of people, when they hear this, it's like, okay, now is the time to sort of withdraw from the world. Now is the time to sort of like, yeah, let like weather the storm in like safe harbor. And then like when the good times return, we'll come, we'll come back out. But I'm a person which you might not agree with me, but I'm a person which goes, no, now is not the time to do that. Now is the time when you have to like sell into that storm. Yeah, you might get battered about a lot more, but when you come back in and like, yeah, you come back in ahead of everyone else. Uh, Forrest Gump, for example, when they're out there in the storm, they come back in on that on that good old boat journey and like yeah everyone else's boats are wrecked where they thought they were safe where they thought like they could shelter from the storm but it was out there facing it on a like at that present time which changed everything for them and that's where their fortune was made you know yeah yeah it's very true you know i think people always need products and services, period. So I think what it's about is figuring out what do people actually need in this moment, mm. right? And it might be a little bit different from what you were selling before, but people always need things. People always need things. People are always buying things. Um, you know, I started my business 
soon before um, COVID started. And so I remember in those first months, you know, like March 2020, where I was really, you know, I was like a newbie, right? So I was just trying to (laughs) figure things out. And then to hear just all of these people who had online businesses, like, what should I do? Should I sell? Should I not? And then everybody having all different opinions about it. But some people did massively well during COVID massively well had like their best year and you know 2021 or something like that so um and I think it's you know people went online they were still buying things they still needed services they still needed products um so it was really about figuring out what people needed at that moment um and so it was very interesting because my husband he he's in corporate and so on on his end it was like you know people were losing jobs and and then it was so weird to just see that difference between sort of what was going on in the outside world versus what was going on online. It was very different. Um, And yeah, and so I don't know, like I still, not to be, you know, I'm still sensitive to people's situations, right? And I think, you know, you never want to be in a situation where you're trying to sell something to somebody who, where it's not a good fit, right? So integrity is very important. Um, but the fact of the matter is that people are buying and selling. And so you just want to think about who is it that you're trying to, um, you know, that you want to work with and what is it that they need? Know thy customer, know thy customer well. Yeah. Mm. And maybe change your customer. You might want to, you know, you might want to provide the same service to a different customer who is, who is able to pay for it. After all, like if you're starting your own business, you want like you're trying to give yourself that degree of control. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be set in your ways to just be working in one like field. Yeah. And that's where that imagination and creativity comes in. Mm. And that is always a part of the game when it comes to entrepreneurship. Mm. And like with this game of entrepreneurship, like what has being apart from uh, the COVID, what has been one of the sort of more challenging like moments you found, which you didn't expect uh, for yourself in this game? Yeah. Oof. I mean, there's been a lot of challenges, (laughs) you know, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, going back to mindset, I think the biggest challenge has come from me to be perfectly honest you know um me being willing to put myself out there um me being willing to shift to pivot me being willing to you know be disciplined and and really put in the work that needs to be done with with nobody telling me what to do ever which is freeing and wonderful but also you know, you got to find your rhythm within that. So I really feel like the entrepreneur's biggest challenge is ourselves or, or, or me thinking that I, you know, can't necessarily sell during this time or, you know, listening to what other people have to say about what's happening and, and maybe being afraid of, oh, you know, sh- should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Like, I just, I think it really comes down to you, to be honest. And, um, 
that's why I think it's been really helpful having coaching, right? Because you obviously, you can't necessarily see, you can't see your own blind spots, right? So having coaches to help me um, to kind of see some of my shadows and to encourage me to move forward and to, um, to help me continue has been really, I think that's been the most important. Um, and the most, the, the, your biggest challenge is honestly yourself, which yeah, yeah might sound funny, but it's, it's true. No, but like, this is the thing, like you, have, you mentioned coaching for yourself. And I think one of the things people, uh, I sometimes it either comes from uh, naivety or arrogance where people believe I'm, it's like, what you mean? I still need to be, I need to coach and teach myself uh, new skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's like, no, I know it all. I don't need to, I don't need this extra training. I don't need to refine myself. Uh, but for you to like, oh, yeah, coaching, like you always constantly that realm of development. Uh, it's an important thing. And I think many person, like many a person out there who is looking to like become an entrepreneur, looking to sort of like, yeah, start whatever form of entrepreneurship that, that might take might be starting a small shop it might be like yeah starting the next big tech company but you always need to still like look at yourself work on yourself and keep pushing forward you know absolutely i got a coach i got a therapist i've got good girlfriends um i've got you know other entrepreneurs who i just work with kind of informally you know i've got a whole network of support mm. around myself and the business, right? Um, which is which are very much linked to each other. And I think that's the important thing. Without that sort of network of support, that sort of team around you, um, it, because like this is the one of the things I think many people don't sort of touch on about entrepreneurship. It's like you get onto that journey and you like go, okay. Let's go. And like, if you, even if you've got a team of a hundred people around you, like, oh yeah, we're going forward. It's a case of those hundred, like those 99 people with you don't have, they're not invested like you are. They don't have the same stakes as you do. And they're not going to be like taking on like, yeah, the trials and tribulations in the same way as you are. Because at the end of the day, like, whereas it's like, oh, look, it's, Five o'clock, five thirty, six. Huh? Time for me to uh, say goodbye. And it's like, I'm, yeah, but like this project needs some. No, no, no. <laughs> you have a. Co- I have a contract with you from nine o'clock to five o'clock. Bye bye. And yeah, your day might be just getting started at their sort of five o'clock it's a lonely journey at times and like combating that is a difficult one you know yeah I agree and that's fair listen if you've got an employee nine to five at five o'clock they should leave you know what I mean Mm. and um yeah so I really the journey is you know, you definitely need support. It's really important for you to get that support. And, you know, another thing I say about the journey is that the journey is really the thing. Mm. So enjoy that journey, enjoy it. And yes, you know, we have goals for 
you know, revenue that we want to make or the lifestyle that we want to have, or, you know, there's a lot of future focus on your business, which makes sense. You know, I'm not going to knock that at all. However, your life is your day to day, you know, like my life right now is talking to you, right. And kind of having this conversation and whoever it is that eventually hears it and, um, and this is it. This is, you know, that we're in this moment right now. And so I think that it's important to enjoy the journey as well as, you know, where, wherever that journey takes you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Final question. Now, where would you like the journey to take you over the next three to five years? Oh, well, first to the Maldives. That's my like short term place where I want to go. So, like you, your husband, and the kids? Mm, yeah, husband and kids, optional. You know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, I like, I, I would love to go. I would love to go with them. But, you know, listen, I, I it doesn't have to include them not everything that I do, right? And, you know, for all of us, whoever, you know, really, whatever relationships you have, your parent, kids, your other family members, friends, um, you know, um, you may do things with them. And then sometimes you may do things for yourself because you want to do it. And, that, and, you know, I support that 100%. So, but yeah, Maldives for sure. Um, and then, gosh, I, I mean, I think ultimately I want to feel like I've had an impact, like I've changed people's lives and changed people's lives on my own terms, doing, creating something that, that came from my own imagination. Um, that wasn't something that somebody told me I had to do, or wasn't something that, you know, my mother did, or just almost like something that I can't even imagine necessarily yet because I'm still going, right? Um, and when I first started as a teacher in second grade classroom, I never would have imagined this life for myself. So now, let's say 15 years from now, it's gonna be some really cool shit that I can't even imagine now. Um, but I know that I wanted to be impactful and mean something to people. And and that's what keeps me going. Liking it. I liking it. Like, hey. <laughs> it seems like the future is gonna be bright for you, my lady. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, brilliant. Uh yeah, Jen, I'd like to say thank you uh for coming on today. You have been a superstar. Yes. Uh <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you have a slight impish character about you, my lady. <laughs> I, 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 that's what I'm going to say. We, we're <laughs> likewise, likewise. Moi, I'm, look, Halo. <laughs> it's like, say no more. <laughs> I love okay. it. Can you tell the lovely people out there how they can find you out on these interwebs? Yes, yes. So I am Jen Franks Ahagotu all over the place so um best places to find me linkedin ig um i'm also at jenfranksahagoto.com so jenfranksahagoto is gonna show you all the places to 
connect. And I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Go out there, find her. All her information will be in the show notes in the description. So please do that. Ah, and I like to say once again, thank you to Jen. Ah, yes, brilliant superstar. Absolutely outstanding. And I'd like to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors, for sticking with us to the end of the show. Please stay well, stay safe, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world. And yeah, keep moving forward. Peace. And we are out. Oh,